everybody. Welcome back to Cover B. Welcome back to Cover B. We are here with a real extra wherein we will be talking about Black Panther Wakanda Forever. The much hyped. <laughs> Did you hear? Did you hear that I made the sound? I made I made the I made the gesture. The the Wakanda salute. Yeah, I made the Wakanda salute. I don't know if we're allowed to do the Wakanda salute. Oh. Well, I don't want to be inappropriate. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not trying to be appropriative. <laughs> <laughs> we retract all Wakanda salutes. Um, <laughs> yes, we are here talking about Black Panther: Wakanda Forever. Yes. The much hyped, much much anticipated, much theorized about, um, and much. Uh, people were worried about how they were going to handle. What happened with Chadwick? Yes. Uh, I don't know what single verb I was going to use for that, but um, yeah, and we watched it, and we're going to tell you about it. <laughs> That's how this works. It's a podcast. Deal with it. If you weren't expecting that, then you obviously clicked on the wrong thing on Spotify. Um, in which case, we're really sorry. We are not what you were looking for. <laughs> too bad. Lock it in, Chuckles. You're hearing about Black Panther Wakanda Forever. So the movie opens with... We'll just go ahead and tear the Band-Aid off right away. Uh, you know, the two, I guess, okay, backtrack. Two big questions. Um, this is a terrible intro. Two big questions <laughs> uh, about this movie are, how do they handle the death of Chadwick Boseman? Mm-hmm. Um, and who takes over as the Black Panther? They were very clear leading up to this movie that they were not recasting T'Challa. So they were going to have to handle... T'Challa not being Black Panther anymore, and they're going to have to handle who is the new Black Panther. And that's the things that people were kind of worried about and theorizing about. Um, the first one, first question is answered pretty much immediately. Yep. Movie opens with Shuri trying to figure out a way to synthetically manufacture the heart-shaped herb, uh, which, if you remember from the first movie, Killmonger had burned all of them, and they're the key to the Black Panther's powers and spiritual powers. Um, so they were all burned. They're gone. So she's trying to manufacture synthetic ones, uh, and she's in a rush and a panic because King T'Challa is dying of a nondescript illness. <laughs> He's off screen. We don't see him, uh, but he is dying, uh, and he does, unfortunately pass away she is not successful and king t'challa dies within like the first two minutes of this movie uh, and then they run the marvel logo with a bunch of screens of chadwick throughout the different movies uh smiling being awesome uh and it's completely silent there's no marvel like fanfare da, 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 like superhero music it's just silent and i thought it was a really cool way of opening the movie with yeah. a moment of silence for chadwick uh, we're continuing this franchise that he was a part of and was happy to be a part of, uh, was passionate to be a part of, and we're going to continue it without him, but we're going to memorialize it. Anyway, movie picks up from there a year later, year after uh, T'Challa's death, and we find Wakanda coming under the scrutiny of world powers. No surprise, the U.S., is like right in the front line of uh, demanding that vibranium be shared with the world. Wakanda's like, no, we're not doing that. Um, we see the world powers trying to do some sneaky things and Wakanda holding their own. 
but they they're like nope no vibranium you know we're not out in the world to share vibranium etc etc uh eventually what we find is that the world the powers that be are going to different links to try to find different sources of vibranium as far as we know it's only found in wakanda but we do have a research vessel that finds vibranium at the bottom of the ocean which as you know unless you've been living under a vibranium meteor for the past couple years namor is <laughs> in this movie so that's when we get namor involved uh it is his kingdom where the vibranium is located uh and he know like that the surface world is sniffing around his backyard so he's mad attacks the research vessel it starts to puts pressure on wakanda uh, since it was vibranium related. Anyway, Namor comes to the Queen Ramonda uh, and Shuri when they're just hanging out and is like, hey, uh, this is not good. We don't like this. Uh, you guys, you know, opening yourselves up to the world and choosing not to be hidden anymore has resulted in vibranium also becoming open to the world which is putting pressure on me. So what I need you to do is find the scientists that made this thing that can detect vibranium, bring them to me so I can murder them. Uh, and that's when we get introduced to Riri Williams, who is the creator of this, uh, this device that can detect vibranium. The story from there kind of just goes down the path of Shuri trying to do what's right, trying to protect Riri, um, and just the growing conflict between Wakanda and uh, Namor's kingdom. Uh, and then it results in a lot of, like, vengeance and a slight dig to graves narrative. And we eventually get a new Black Panther mm -hmm. in it. Uh, but we'll cover all that when we get a little bit more spoilery. But that's kind of just the general synopsis uh, is Shuri needs the help of Riri Williams to protect her and all of Wakanda to protect Wakanda from a new threat of these underwater peoples uh, and also trying to like deflect the pressure from other nations who think they're responsible for all these attacks on vibranium related things. T, what were your thoughts? I thought they handled the loss of T'Challa and the needs of Wakanda very, very respect respectfully and in a very modest way. Um, I, I was really worried that we were going to get like a Chadwick Boseman cameo, mm -hmm. like, like an AI. Yeah. Like, yeah. or like using his voice or like, I don't know. I was I was worried that there was going to be because those are things that we could do now, right? Like mm -hmm. we had we had a dead person visual in the new Ghostbusters movie and we had like, yeah. you know, they 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 pull voices in, like old, you know, things that had been already recorded. Tarkins and, popped up in right, Star Wars like, things. Yeah, yeah. You do they do stuff. They do stuff like that. And I didn't want that. I don't think anyone wanted that because it cheapens what happened and it mm -hmm. and it makes it feel like a gimmick. Yeah. And it's, it's monopolizing on someone's death. Someone's death. Yeah. And it's yeah. And that hurts and is gross. And they didn't do any of that. 
They didn't mm. use his voice. They didn't do anything. It was explicitly the, his memory permeates through every inch yeah. of this movie, but not his visage or his like features. Mm. And I thought that was very, very good. Um, I also thought it was really good that they had him pass away from an illness mm. um, because that's what happened. And it makes it very, you know, humanizing. Like, he was still just, even though he had taken the herb and he was powerful and he was strong and he was awesome, he was still just king. Yeah. And kings die. And that was well done, in yeah. my opinion. I, yeah, I respect their choice to not make a narrative out of the real life actor passing away. Yeah. You know, they could have done a lot of like explanation of, Oh, like, Oh, you know, there's this sickness in the world that only people who got snapped can, you know, are succumbing to and like build this whole like Thing. big plot, big narrative out of like, why is T'Challa dying off screen? Um, and they didn't, they were just like, he did. He passed, you know, the end, like I mean they could have built this whole thing off of like, you know, oh, his, he had, do like a Jane Foster and be like, oh, he had cancer, but his, like, Black Pantherism was making it impossible to treat the cancer, so now Shuri's trying to come up with a better version of the heart-shaped herb in right. order to, like, cover all their bases, and oh no, he passed away. Like, they could have done all this, like, story building off of it, but they didn't, and I honestly respect that choice. I do, too. You know, it's... As I've been saying a long time ago, and admittedly, I was in the recast T'Challa camp. Um, I'm fine that they didn't. Like, I'm not one of the people that is, like, just painfully angry because I'm normal. <laughs> um, but, you know, my kind of motivation behind that is that, like, everyone knows what happened with Chadwick Boseman. It, it's very, it's a very well-known fact that he passed away. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was it was felt through the fan community. It was felt through even the lightest of fan yeah. communities. You know, it's popped up in memorials and comics and in movies and stuff like that. Like, it's been everywhere that, you know, he did pass away. So it's not going to... You don't have to do a lot of retconning and wheel spinning to try to get people to understand why there's a different Black Panther or why, you know, T'Challa's not here no more. And they didn't, and I think that's good. You know what I mean? Yeah. They just kind of did it, got it out of the way, moved on, and presented it as kind of a way of motivating the narrative. Uh, and, you know, this story is pretty much all about, like, loss and how we respond to the to exterior threats and exterior stressors, like how we respond to the bad things that happens in our right. life and where like where our growth is. Um it was you know, it was good. I, I liked the movie. I don't know if I liked it more than the first one. Yeah. Um I think there were some fairly large problems with this one. Um that are hard for me to overlook. But it was good. It was it was really nice. It's nice with everything that's coming out lately, be it Moon Knight, be it She Hulk, be it this it's nice seeing Marvel kind of experiment with different tones. Yes. They're they're starting to play around. Not everything is feeling as, still kind of formulaic, but not as s Tony Starked 
as everything <laughs> was before then. You right. know, when I first saw Doctor Strange, that was one of my biggest problems was that I really wanted it to have like the first Doctor Strange way back when. Yeah. My biggest complaint, and it kind of grew on me over time, but my biggest complaint was that I really wanted it to have a much darker tone than it ended up having. Right. And he was a little Tony Stark. He was witty and charming and quippy and it's you know that's just who their characters were right forever yeah you know but now we're starting to see different tones and different type of characters Mm -hmm. pop up and we still have quips and you know there's still funny humorous moments there's still levity in this movie but it's a much darker tone than a lot of what we've Mm -hmm. seen previously probably my favorite part about this movie is that they allowed Wakanda and the women of Wakanda to stay strong despite the loss of a king, despite Mm -hmm. no king. Queen Ramonda is running the country, and she is doing so very well and is more than capable. And, you know, the Dormelage are just as capable as any intruders mm. that come into anywhere. And this was really about the relationships between the queen and Shuri and Riri, a, you know, young woman, young black woman from Chicago and mm-hmm. um, Okoye and all of these women that have emotional connections to Wakanda. And we have not, I mean, there was some extent of this in Captain Marvel, um, but there was also a huge influx of Nick Fleury in Captain Marvel. This was really a woman-centric movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, Namor is in it, and Namor is a p- big part of it, but it's about the relationships between the women and how the women are dealing with their loss and with their lives and moving on and moving forward and growing bigger and better and, and building. And I thought that was really really cool i will always shout out a movie that can pass the bechdel test yeah because especially in marvel normally you can't Mm -hmm. so props to you wakanda forever yeah cast did great which is to be expected yes uh you know letitia chewed up the role of sherry she had a lot of emotional moments to get through and she nailed it angela bassett did a great job Again, as Queen Ramonda, as to be expected, she's also freaking ripped in oh this movie. God. She's absolutely jacked. And I was like, <laughs> damn, girl. Um, Winston Duke as M'Baku, incredible. Uh, Lupita Nyong'o did an incredible job as Nakia. Everyone, you know, returning, it's to be expected. If you liked them in Black Panther 1, they did an incredible job here as well. Yeah. Um, Martin Freeman as... The colonizer did a great job. <laughs> and then the new players, Tanakh Huerta as Namor, really, really good. Very The changes good. they made to Namor, uh, really neat, really cool. Makes I like them. so much sense. They, they did some wordplay with his name. They, you know, based it more off of this, like, Central American mythologies and stuff like that. And I, I think it was neat. I think it was cool. They played a little bit around with how the Atlanteans, um, quote-unquote, uh, what their origin is. You know, they weren't just, like, an ancient civilization. They had, like, an actual origin that we see. 
and played around a little bit with that, which I thought was nice because it separates it from the other big budget Atlantean movie, which is Aquaman. So, yeah, you know, it gives it a little bit of extra flavor. I like that they're not even called Atlanteans. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. But it was just cool to bring in another kind of culture and and story and essence into these movies because you know now that we have we've had black panther and we've had shang chi and now like it just it's nice to see kind of the the diversity really starting to take off in marvel and i i hope they continue to do so and um continue to build in places where it makes sense because mm. i think you know namor's a weird character like yeah. he was an old weird character and make kind of reinventing him in this way made perfect sense it doesn't hurt anything it doesn't take away from yeah. anything it just makes sense you know you can you can have like we don't need more atlanteans we don't need more of the same yeah you know what i mean and namor is a very very old the submariner is an old character yeah and so like giving it kind of a fresh reboot making them talokan you know basing it on this mayan mythology and like growing it out of that and like I said, giving it an origin just makes it fresh. You yeah. Know? And th- that's fine to do, Marvel. It's fine to take these old, old characters and fans, shut up. <laughs> it's fine to take these old, old characters and just make something fresh and new out of them. But they, they kept still, his... They still fit. Like his yeah. personality was still very Namor. Very Namor, I was and about to say. his abilities were very Namor. And I mean, they even went in on the winged feet, which was... A bold weird. choice and is a weird thing, but they made it work. Yeah. You know, so it was cool. A um, little bit more spoilery time. So if you don't want spoilers, stop listening now. I'll wait for you to leave. <laughs> Just shut the door on your way out. Okay, cool. Uh, so who becomes Black Panther? It's Shuri. It's Shuri. Uh, there were a lot of theories, <laughs> like, you know, there was the theory that, like, all of them were going to become Black Panther. There was the theory that. The Black Panther was going to become more of like a kind of like Rise of Skywalker. Like the Black Panther is more of a title than it is like a mantle. Um, there was theories that M'Baku would take it, that Nakia would take it. But, you know, the, the main running theory was that Shuri would take it because that was what happens in the comics. Yeah. That was, you know, what is to be expected. And that's what happened. Uh she doesn't get a lot of time as Black Panther. We don't see a lot of actual Black Panthering happening. Um, it's not a great costume design. Like, I thought it was cool, but it could have been better. Um, yeah, and I mean, it's it's to be expected. It is cool, though, that she, being a woman, taking on the mantle, mm-hmm. it's very much about being agile and, like, there's scenes of her kind of like swinging across like a boat and it feels more acrobatic than T'Challa's was, which was very like, obviously he was always very acrobatic and everything because he was Mm -hmm. a cat, but it was also very strength based, like lots of power landings and like big hits. And she's very like kind of flippy. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, but that might also just be limited to the fact that we saw T'Challa's Black Panther do a lot more in other movies as well as in an entirety of one movie. That's true. And we see this Black Panther in a very specific scene where they're fighting water people on a boat. That's true. And 
You know what I mean? So I don't know. Uh, I liked it though. Like I, yeah, I'm, it was cool. I'm happy to have another Black Panther. I don't know how much more they're like. I haven't really heard much about if they're planning on doing much more with Letitia's Black Panther. Like, is she gonna keep going? Are they doing another Black Panther movie? Like, I I don't know much about what the future plans of right. Wakanda is. So I guess time will tell on yeah. that one. Uh, my biggest complaint about the movie um, kind of comes right around the midpoint when uh, the Tolokan people attack uh, Wakanda and they kill the queen. And then Shuri goes into basically character motivations in this movie were very like hard to track. Yeah, like, they, they kind of jumped around a lot. didn't entirely get Namor's motivation from the get-go. You know, I didn't entirely get... Like, I think it would have been better if they had focused... They had made him a little bit angrier, I guess. Like, he did a good job playing the role, but they made him kind of cool-headed, kind of calm, and really, like, prepared. And I think if they had made him a little bit more of the impassioned, very angry Namor that we've seen from time to time. Yeah. I think, um, like, if, you know, the people finding the vibranium resulted in him having active conflict with the American military or something. Right. And, like, people actually dying. Or, like, a Tolokan civilian center getting submarined into oblivion or something like that. Like, if there was an actual, like, bit of violence opposed to just, like, two scientists in puffy submarine suits being, like... (laughs) The look is glowing and then dying and then the Atlanteans like attacking them. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It would have been, I think it would have made his motivations a little bit stronger than just like, oh, they found vibranium. You need to fix this, you know? And then, oh, you don't want to let me kill this innocent person? Well, I guess it's war now. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then Shuri's motivations, I don't feel like, like, they were very clearly going toward the end there for, like, your classic dig two graves kind of vengeance. Vengeance isn't great and people will get hurt kind of thing. Um, which I don't think they handled well. And I don't truly understand what her, like, motivations were kind of from the get-go of the movie right like there's one point where she's talking about the queen and she's like oh if i think about my brother's death too much i want to burn the whole world down why what did the world do to him yeah or to you like why are you blaming the world for this and then she just has like a strong shift between being like kind of compassionate kind of interested in diplomacy with the Tolokans, and then like immediately into like nope they all gotta die you know i feel like there's one scene that I feel like a lot of this could have been adjusted, to be quite honest. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a scene where Nakia basically, like, myrtilates one of the Tolokan people that is um, guarding Shuri and Riri. And Shuri is like, we need to save them, we need to save them, and very compassionate, very empathetic. And Riri's kind of like freaked out on the sidelines and then Nikki is like no we gotta go and so that person ends up passing away I think a better way to kind of seed this like poisoned Shuri kind of 
depression and loneliness and isolation has has seeded in her mm-hmm. kind of narrative would have been to have her be the one that's standing back and Riri be the one like, oh, God, we got to save them. They weren't hurting yeah. anybody. And Riri kind of be like, or and have Shuri kind of be like, mm. mm-hmm. they kidnapped Yeah, kind of like uh. show signs of. Yeah, like having her, having her show some symptoms of malice and like not always leaning toward the empathetic and like letting her stay like clinical and, and scientific and technical, but then like kind of cold. And if they built that coldness throughout, I feel like that would have felt more cohesive and more consistent in the narrative Mm -hmm. rather than the flip. And then I also feel like that would have led into her seeing, I don't, I don't want to spoil it, but there is a scene where she sees someone in the astral plane and it's very like, sure, you kind of have some bad intentions. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that would have clarified that, right? Yeah. Like, I feel like that one scene of making Shuri be cold would have made all the difference in kind of defining this path of like, I'm pushed over the edge or closer and closer and closer to the edge. And then finally, like, the loss of my mom is like the breaking point and there's no going back. And I feel mm-hmm. like that would have been a better narrative. Yeah. It, you know, it kind of felt like Shuri kind of felt the same way that I feel about Namor, where I feel like their shift into like overdrive mode was very sudden. Yeah. And wasn't really like supported enough. Yeah. And like her mom dying definitely is a big deal. And I can understand her going into like, let's burn it all down mode because she's lost so much. But I don't know. I just, it was, it was hard it was a hard flip for me to fully like grasp and you know as you mentioned she sees a less than positive influence in the land of her ancestors when she takes the heart-shaped herb and you know they have an interaction we only see part of it and then we see the rest of it later and she's basically giving in to this negative influence very ray in the dark side yeah she's she we don't initially see her response to the person asking her a question and then we do see the response and it's basically like i want to kill everyone and (laughs) it's like okay cool but like you know what is what is your redeeming factor there and like where there there just was like there was a shift in her that happened that really we needed to see more of and we needed to like, I'm not even, I'm fine that the shift was sudden, but we needed to see more of her struggling with that sudden shift. We needed to see more of the people around her concerned about it or the people around her being hurt by it, yeah. by this, you know, drive for vengeance. And then toward the end, when she flip flops back, it's also just really kind of poorly done and sudden, you know, yeah. again, they were going for this like dig two graves thing. And normally like, I mean, it is tropey, but that's vengeance stories tend to be um you know normally it would be the person realizing that they're becoming what they hate or the person seeing the harm they're causing around them would be the sort of thing that brings them back you push them to the brink of having to face their own convictions and their own morals and at that point they have a choice to either break those down and never be who they once were or find a new solution and become a better person right you know you see it in uh spider-man 
No Way Home when he's beating the crap out of the Green Goblin. Yeah. You know, and the other Spider-Mans are like, stop, don't, please. You gotta chill. You know, and he sees his friends seeing him do this, and he realizes that he's, you know, he spent this whole movie trying to find a better way to approach these bad guys, and now he's just being exactly what the Green Goblin wants him to be. You know, and he's faced with that, and then he makes a choice. In this, we get, like, a montage of everything we saw in the movie already, of her, like, laughing and smiling with people. And then we get a brief Queen Ramonda being, like, saying something, like, vaguely motivational. And then she's like, I'm not going to kill Namor. Yeah. And it's just, like, really sudden. Yeah. And it's it was, like, a sudden shift, not a lot of character development in the middle, and then a sudden shift back. And it just, it again, that, like, lack of motivation and, like, lack of a lot of, like, depth. It's hard for me to overlook. And it's honestly the thing that's keeping this from being an absolute slam dunk because I liked a lot of it. Yeah. Like there was a lot that I loved. It was about very this movie. good. And I loved the progress of the movie, the pacing of the movie. The story I thought was believable, even though the motivations were a little lacking. The visuals. Visuals were like out, like absolutely amazing. Um, but it's just that that segment for me and Shuri and Namor's motivations in general. We're just a little bit too not there. A little too I mean? fuzzy. Yeah, yeah. A little too fuzzy. Um, and then finally, because we always talk about this, the end credit stinger, you can miss it. <coughs> Excuse me. Unless you want to cry again. Unless you want to cry. If you're, it's worth it to cry. <laughs> if you're really tore up about the loss of Chadwick Boseman uh, and you just want another good kind of tear jerky moment then fine but it really i didn't like it uh i thought it was pointless <laughs> um especially after we had already had so much like memorializing of chadwick i didn't really think like it was a necessary end i thought yeah. the the movie ending where it ended it, it it's the end stinger it happens after the like animated credits there's not one at the very very end of the credits and I won't give away too much of what it is, just in case. Um, but it picks up right after the very last moment of the movie. So, like, Shuri does a thing at the very end of the movie, credits roll, and then the stinger picks up literally right after that thing she did before the credits roll. Uh, and it adds a little bit of extra stuff, but my biggest issue is, and it's not me complaining that it, like, oh, they didn't introduce a new character, how dare they? Because that tends to be what people complain about the... Um, the stinger's about i'm fine if the stinger wants to just be a stinger for that movie right but it doesn't it you know it didn't provide anything there wasn't anything to it it didn't add anything to the narrative it didn't create something new that we can build on it didn't introduce a new character or a new concept it didn't tie up any loose ends it didn't rehash a joke that we had already seen right it didn't provide anything for the narrative the only reason it exists is so that they can cap the movie off with being like, remember T'Challa, you know? Yeah. And I was just like, like, could have been, could have been better. I, I take it as a sweet emotional shawarma moment. Mm. Like it doesn't give you anything. It doesn't do anything. It doesn't provide anything, but it's just sort of a like, oh, and then it's over. Nah. Like, I, I, probably my least favorite 
stinger. Like it, that's at the bottom of the list of stingers for me, just because it it was just like it was needless. It was pointless. Yeah, Provided fair. nothing. You know what I mean? Didn't add anything to the movie. That's fair. You know that's completely and valid. Like yeah, the shawarma moment really doesn't either, but it does. You know, and it provides something for like the continuation of the mcu and that it's like this moment of all of them like together doing something right you know this one just nothing it was it was it was lost time (laughs) (laughs) that's all it was so i don't know you know agree to disagree t and i don't agree necessarily on the purpose of the mid stinger you can stay and watch it if you want uh you can leave if you watch it let us know what you think yeah because uh i was not a fan I just thought it was kind of stupid. Um, but anyway, that's going to do it for us. Yes. If you uh, want to hear more episodes of Cover B, you can find them on our website, CoverBPodcast.com. That's right. You can also follow us on social media, at CoverBPodcast, on Instagram, Facebook, and, well, let's just say Instagram and Facebook. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Twitter is a uh, big, bright red question mark. Right? <laughs> big on fire dookie brown question mark (laughs) exactly so thank you for listening as always I have been Chris this has been T it's true and you have been listening to Cover Cover B. B bye everybody